man, you have to adapt. You know, it's, it's hard. We've almost lost our pants a bunch of times, right? And just because you make money doing something sometimes doesn't mean you'll always have it. That's a big myth in business. Cash flow has been the biggest challenge year to year, month to month, even day to day in some cases with, with not just my business, but pretty much most businesses I know about, big or small. You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. So today we have Abel James join with us, and he's a New York Times bestselling author, award-winning talk show host, multi-instrumentalist, and serial entrepreneur. As a number one rated health podcast in eight plus countries, Abel's award-winning web series, Fat Burning Man, has helped millions reclaim their health with cutting-edge science, outdoor workouts, and outrageously good food. Abel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brian. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super curious. Um, you know, your childhood, like you growing up, um, if a friend was growing up with you and uh, if they were to talk about you, what would they say? <laughs> I guess it depends on when they caught me. But by the time I was in like mm-hmm. late elementary school and junior high, my, mm-hmm. my friends and I played a lot of basketball and soccer and football just for fun, um, you know, tag and silly things like that. We were very physically active. We were just, we grew up in rural New Hampshire. So we loved mm-hmm. the outdoors, but didn't really have money. So it's like, I didn't grow up skiing downhill or right. anything like that. We more just like went out into the woods and, and got lost and somehow found our way back in all seasons. And, um, and, and so by junior high, I really fell in love with, with playing music. I started with the clarinet and then saxophone and bass guitar and drums and then guitar and uh, and then singing with my my girlfriend in high school made me start singing wow. <laughs> kind of because I really yeah. didn't want to I, I was shy and and still am in a lot of ways believe it or not but um, after doing that for long enough I just you know it, it became something that I always want to do and if, mm. if I'm not practicing regularly, I, I really miss out on that. But I see life, health, sports, music is all very much the same thing. Business too, very much mm. the same thing. It's, it's a holistic way of looking at all of this. If you work on your entrepreneurial skills to become a, a better copywriter or to run a mm. great partner referral or affiliate program or to hire employees, that can make you better at other things that you do. You know, you can learn from getting tendonitis on your hand from playing too much piano or moving boxes that you can apply that learning to when your Achilles ceases up because you're doing some sort of running event, you know? And so Mm. all these different adventures seem very different from each other. But like, if you get good at writing artistically, you're going to be a lot better at at doing marketing writing, which I hate to do, but I'm okay (laughs) or, or even decent at it because like, you can have fun with it and play with it in a similar way as if it's art, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That's a very different way of thinking about things, I guess. You know, I don't think a lot of people think like that. And when did you make that connection at a very young age? I think so because no one really told me different. I, I liked music a lot. I really loved um, playing sports, especially the more like recreational variety, not taking mm-hmm. it super, super seriously. And then like being a a good student was part of that too, you know, like I think being a good student and a good learner um, Mm -hmm. makes you better in all those domains and being well practiced in these, these very domains is very 
ancestrally informed, right? Like our, if you look at our ancestors, they didn't necessarily have singers and dancers and people mm. who just did whatever. Everybody engaged in, in the tribal dance or the community dance. Everyone was singing. Everyone was, was doing prayer. It wasn't so hierarchical and we weren't so divided or just kind of siphoned off into our little corners. So I mm. think it's part of being, you know, the, the Renaissance man idea, the Leonardo. Mm. I, I remember just kind of researching, I think for a school project when I was young, Leonardo mm. da Vinci and some of the other just people of the, the Renaissance who really saw math, science, drawing, um, and, and music and all of these disparate things as kind of the same thing. Mm. Wow. That's super interesting. And I mean, um, when you made that connection, I guess, um, what did you do with it? And, you know, since you, you have all these paths that you can kind of go, um, what's the reason why you chose the paths that you did? It's, bounced around like when you read someone's bio you get it yeah. all in just a few seconds and it sounds like it just happened all at once but yeah. the way that my life actually goes would look more like like a wave or a big squiggle where you're just like bouncing from mm. one thing to another and then going back though you know um mm -hmm. so for me uh, it's interesting because people ask they're just like uh which one's your job and which one's the hobby music and health and i'm like right. are you, what, well what are you asking here like how do I spend my time? Where does my cash flow come from? You know, like, how do I define myself? How do other people see me? None of that really matters so much. What, what matters to me um, is, is getting better, building skills, and progressing mm -hmm. in some way, right? So mm -hmm. I, I'm at my worst, I realized. We, we've had the occasion and the good fortune to have um, – most years we, we just about break even after paying the team, but a yeah. couple of years we've done really well and well enough to take some time off. And when I did and, and really just unplugged, I felt after a while just meaningless, like all, all purpose and meaning in my life just wasn't there anymore because I wasn't really doing the work that made me feel like I had a purpose, like I had meaning and mm -hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't serving other people at the time. And I realized how important that was to my own well-being and, and my own just like why I'm here and, and what I'd love to contribute uh, to others. So collaboration is a giant part of this and following, um, man, you have to adapt. You know, it's, it's hard. We've almost mm -hmm. lost our pants a bunch of times, right? And just because you make money doing something sometimes doesn't mean you'll always have it. That's a big myth right. in business. Cash flow mm -hmm. has been the biggest challenge year to year, month to month, even day to day in some cases. With, wow. with not just my business, but pretty much most businesses I know about, big or small. You hear about, you know, I was just talking to one of my friends who runs a business, multi, multi-million dollars and has been for years. Mm -hmm. He's got 50 plus employees and um, they're at, at very profitable most of the time, but with all of the things that are changing all around us. If you have 50 employees and you have physical space and you have warehouses, it's a lot easier to lose your pants instead of losing you know, a right. few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks as a small entrepreneur or just a regular person. Now you're talking like you can lose a million bucks in a month. Like it's nothing, Oof. you know? And, and so yeah. there's a tendency to think that you can just go into cruise mood mode and keep doing the things that are working. But in my experience, um, a lot of things don't keep working or at least they're not that interesting to me anymore 
from a mm. business direction standpoint, and I'd like to go in another direction. And so it's really bouncing from thing to thing and, and trying as you do to build a skill stack, you know, just like mm -hmm. a bunch of skills that are going to be very useful for the next thing that you do. Mm, I see. And how did that look like for you? Like for your journey in specific, um, what were you bouncing around on and what did you go back to? So I, I went to school and took on some loans and to pay off those loans, I worked in strategy consulting and management consulting for a while in Washington, okay. D.C. And uh, I learned how to build websites and program in different languages a bit, not, not that well, but just kind of like did that for a while too. And yeah, when so I went, different. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of different. But yeah. then I wrote a book and mm -hmm. I started a blog started a podcast, started video channels and, and all of that. And at the beginning, it was pretty much a one man show where I was just programming myself. I was doing the websites. I was, you know, turning all the knobs and, and inviting people on the show and all of that. And I think, you know, when we made more money and I was able to hire a bigger team, I forgot how to do all those things, you know, and we moved on to different platforms and different systems with different passwords mm -hmm. and different workflows. And if you outsource too much of that stuff, you forget how to do it or you don't know how to use that new platform. You have to pay a bunch of money to like what could be a, essentially a shady mechanic. You don't know sometimes, right? right? When you hand over the keys to your business, you better trust them. And we've been burned a bunch of times and we're, we've done the best we can. Um, so, I think there's great advantage. You don't want to spread yourself too thin, but you want to get some dirt underneath your fingernails and the major platforms that you use that really drive cash flow and drive your business, you better learn them because mm. if you don't, someone else will charge you way too much to do it not that well. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's definitely, definitely good. So do you kind of uh, fall in that philosophy of like, you need to sort of be like a Steve Jobs where you know every piece of your company a little bit? I think that's a good way to do it. Um, whether you adopt his personality traits or not, you know, is, <laughs> is a different thing. But yeah, I think yeah. You need, in order to, this is the most ridiculous thing. You know, when you have people coming into business, businesses who are ordering people around who don't know what those people do, mm -hmm. you're going to have a really hard time um, getting respect over the people you're ordering around if they have any inkling that you have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just huh. not going to work. It's not going to be a good business relationship. You need to earn their respect. And I, I believe the way that you do that is, is by example. So if they see you as the boss, just like slacking off, why would they ever work hard for you? Just no matter what they're paid, you know, why would they ever work hard for you if they don't see that you believe in this and that you're doing this because you want to do something? in the world. Mm. Cause, cause if you're mm -hmm. just kind of, and I've seen a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs do really quite well, make millions by just kicking back and letting other people do the work. Mm -hmm. But, um, we don't need more million dollar companies that aren't really doing anything. We just don't, it's mm -hmm. not fulfilling. That's not why we're here. I don't think. And if it were, if it were totally easy, it wouldn't be that fun. Like a video game, you know, it's like yeah. if you're playing a game, you win every level without doing anything. And there's no chance you'll ever die. It's not a fun game. It's, it's going to totally suck. So it's important to, I think, double down sometimes and be like, all right, I don't want to do this. Like I'm not a huge fan of social media and I was totally off it for like a year, um, more than yeah. once. And mm -hmm. then, um, 
you know, because our business went cash flow negative because for a variety of reasons that were out of our control. Um, you know, I, I read three or four books about social media in a weekend to get smart about it, to catch back up, to understand, you know, what these stupid stories are and what I missed out on with, by not using Snapchat and not really getting into TikTok or whatever. And I just like caught up on it and, and you don't, it's like one before a big workout, before a big lift or before I run up the mountain and do sprints when it's hot out at elevation, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> and it's like yeah. that with your business stuff too. Mm -hmm. But after you do it, after you, you fix that problem or you learn that system or whatever, and then it's like working, that's the yeah. fulfilling part. You know what I mean? That's why you do it. And, and you start to learn that connection between like doing the hard things that you don't want to do that you have to do kind of to really move things in the right direction. And once you do them, it's just, it's fulfilling a little bit at a time. And then you have to do that every day. You know, it's just like, we're, right. <laughs> we're like trying to stop the leaks every day and fix all the problems. And that's what being an entrepreneur is. So you can, you can try to kick back and ignore that and hire that away if you want. Yeah. Or especially when things get hard, you can try to get smart and nimble and adapt. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that's allowed us to be successful in so many different domains is like, mm -hmm. as soon as we're bored, or we see that not enough money's coming in as compared to going out in this, this little project that we have, it's like, all right, let's do something else. And, mm -hmm. and for a big business to do that, that's almost impossible and really expensive. But for a husband and wife team with like a few contractors that that grows sometimes, and then shrinks other times, depending on our projects and goals. Um, that, that works really well as long as you're willing to do the work, as long as you suck it up and you mm. do the work. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I mean, this is very interesting because, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs get into business, you know, maybe for, you know, cash flow, for passion. And then they find out that somewhere along the line, they have to do things that they don't want to do. And you seem right. to, <laughs> you seem to be, you know, okay with that. Some entrepreneurs might be more jaded, like, Oh, this is not, this shouldn't have been the path that I took. Um, how do you not stay jaded and how do you like stay passionate with what you do? Or maybe it's not passion, maybe it's something else. Hey, that's a great question. Mm. We are reward, re, you know, in this world, especially in the business world, we are rewarded for the wrong things. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. We're rewarded when we take morality and ethics out of the equation. You know, we look at some of these people in positions of power who have gotten there by pure exploitation and we treat them like gods and like idols. But these people got there because they're sociopaths, because they have no con, they have no heart. They have no concept of morality and treating other people as, as beings and, and human beings and, and equals and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So in fact, they get there by screwing other people over as, as their business model. And that is rewarded in often, too often in capitalism. And so you, you see a lot of people, and I've seen many of my friends make millions of dollars. And the lever was kind of a shady thing. You know what I mean? Right. It was kind of a thing where it was like, should you do this or should you not do this? And some of them asked if they should do it or not. And I'm like, no. Because if you ever cross that line, if you ever do something that like is a little shady, then you're over on this side now and all of your success, you're going to question for the rest of your life, was it based on that shady lever that, that I used because I was trying everything, 
right? Mm. Or are you willing just to double down and accept that some things aren't going to work? Like for me, I can't compete the way that I do business now with Facebook ads. I can't compete with people who are doing paid traffic because our marketing isn't that aggressive. Our marketing is all based on organic growth from podcasting, from interviews, from writing books and from word of mouth. And so if, if I try to compete with those people or hire someone else to do it for me, they're going to be very likely to try to cross those lines, right? Mm -hmm. To to make it profitable or to Mm -hmm. make sure that each click is worth more or that you get more clicks or, or you get more attention or you buy fans or you buy, you know, just like a lot of big, of the biggest companies do all these things without batting an eye. A lot of entrepreneurs will do these things without batting an eye because they're just like, this is my business. This is how I do it. And I'm making a lot of money. Right. And I had this conversation with, with someone who I know who's, who's made millions. Um, and we have too, but not nearly as much as a lot of, of these other people who, you know, we were at a party or whatever. And he's just like, how you doing? Like, how's everything going? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. The world's kind of falling apart, man. Don't you feel like the ship's sinking a little bit? And he's just like, no, man, we're making a bunch of money. Then he looks at his friends and he's just like, yeah, we're making a bunch of money. And I'm just like, isn't this a problem though? Like if the world is burning and the ship is sinking and you're making a bunch of money, at some point that becomes a problem. You know, it might be later. It might be on your deathbed. It might be when you try to go to sleep or something like that. But if you're not part of the solution, if you're not part of making this better as the world is, is definitely getting worse, you know, like if you're not part of making this better with your business, which is a vehicle for doing that, it's a vehicle for creating jobs um, mm. for yourself and then eventually for other people. It's a way of creating good in the world the way that I see it, but it's not ever going to be easy and you don't get those magical levers that the people without ethics get. You know what I mean? Because you, you, just, you can't compete against a scam. You can't compete right. against the copycats who mm. steal your products and then market them and then destroy your reputation. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is just going to happen to good people all over the place. So you have to kind of like toughen up and just adopt the entrepreneurial mindset that you're looking for the opportunities and not getting too dragged down by all the things where people are just stabbing you. I've been shocked by how some people who we've treated really well, uh-huh. <laughs> just like, stab us in the back and burn the bridge. You know, like I've been amazed when that happens, but it does. And so you you should kind of like expect it, have a plan B and C and D and be willing Mm -hmm. to like work hard in a bunch of different ways and let that work make you better. You know, let that, let that work make you stronger. Let the struggle. If you don't have that struggle, you don't really have the fire under your butt to do anything. Right. So be thankful for that. I, on my best days, I am. On my worst days, I'm not. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, gotcha. Wow. I mean, that's a really strong mindset. That's a very that's a very good mindset. Um, and do you think it's something that you sort of developed, like a mental fortitude that you developed over the years um, that you yeah. were looking to develop from the very beginning? Or was it just something you built out of necessity? I think it was the right combination of like we weren't super poor, but we didn't have money either. And like almost lost the house growing up and lots of financial tension and all that. And, and then some hard stuff happened emotionally. I lost uh, a few people in my life, in my Mm. teens, we were 
really young. Like when I graduated high school, that was wow. the same time as nine 11. So all that was going on that really influenced me. And then by the time I had paid off my loans, it was like the next weekend I lost everything in an apartment fire. Um, everything. Wow. And then like the insurance company tried to totally screw us and pretend that we didn't have, um, insurance. And so I didn't even have my own clothes, no money, you know, this is 11 years ago. And then that was, that was the time that my health was at its worst. Cause I was following my doctor's advice. <laughs> Cause at the time I was, I was just finishing up working in consulting. I had great health insurance. So I followed this doctor's advice that a lot of people follow, eat low fat, stay away from cholesterol, eat lots of heart healthy whole grains and exercise more and eat less. And, and by the way, take these half dozen different prescription medications, including an antidepressant to help you sleep. <laughs> and so, Jesus, like I was, I was at rock bottom in my early twenties and built this business as I was crawling out of it uh, and getting my health under my own control. So I'm, I'm, extremely passionate. And I realized that I'm in this more for an ideological reason than for cash flow or to build a business or to make a bunch of money in health because health is a nasty business. It's like mm. music business is super nasty, super nasty, but health is even grosser in some ways. Cause like you kind of expect a bunch of managers and, and like promoters in the music business to be dirt bags and you expect health people to be good people. And it's just not like that. I mean, there are a lot, I have many, many friends and peers who are doing awesome work, you know, and they know exactly who they are, but there are so many shady people out there who you really, you know, they're some of the biggest in the world and mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do to knock them down because they're just a corporate puppet. And these companies have billions and giant lawyers who will come after you, you know, and, and so you right. need to be nimble and, and careful and also, you know, punch up but don't ever punch down, <laughs> you know, yeah. as a, as an individual creator, as an entrepreneur, I see this so much more as collaboration with the other little guys, no, even, mm -hmm. you know, multi-million or, or whatever against kind of this big machine, this big soulless machine that exploits us all. Wow. And is that the inspiration for um, your podcast initially? Yeah, it was getting fat by following my doctor's advice and trying really, really hard. And then it was getting shredded like Brad Pitt on the cover of a magazine six pack in just a few months by following more sound new advice, you know, and, and just, if you try really hard and you do a bunch of work, but the advice is bad, you're going to get mm. sick. You're going to get worse and fatter before all your friends do because they weren't trying to be healthy. They weren't trying to do the right wow, yeah. thing that their doctor was saying. But if, you sh if you're still willing to do that work and then you start doing the right thing, you start doing mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the workouts that work, you start fueling the right way, and it's, it's like seamless. It's easy. It's almost effortless to get your mm -hmm. health back because at least now you have momentum. Instead of doing all this work and it not working, now it's like, Oh, I do work and I get shredded and I get stronger. That's way easier. That's way better. I'll totally do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so as you were building uh, your business, um, Abel, what were some of the biggest failures that you had to face? Because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs listening and um, for them, they usually hear the victories, but they don't really hear yeah. like the roadblocks along the way. I would say like we run out of money almost every year for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like 
usually it's because we pay our team. Sometimes it's because, you know, we're building software that's really expensive or we're setting up new platforms or really like building a supplement business, you know? And, and when yeah. you do that, you take, it's, it's kind of tough. Cause like when we spend money on projects, it also takes our time away from making money. Right. Because right. they're only like, it's like me and my wife and there aren't other people making money for us, for our business. So if we're taking our time to manage projects and paying people, it's like we lose double. So it's for businesses. It's really easy to lose money. We've never taken investors. We've never you know, played that game at all. We keep our costs relatively low, but our overhead over the last 10 years has been 10 to 15 to 20 plus grand every month. And it's like most months that's fine, but some months, yeah. whoo, it's still 20 grand that you need to like come up with. And that's, if especially if you're not willing to cross those ethical lines and stuff, that's really rough. But what happened to us is, is, is about a year ago, my wife and I were in a rental house and we mm -hmm. were poisoned by carbon monoxide. There was a oh, gas shit. leaking from the furnace and it almost yeah. killed us. Like we almost died. Nice. It was a really close one, me my wife and my dog. And so it took us out of commission. I didn't know if I would ever come back but neither of us could work for four to six months. We just could not work. We were too sick. We had to get our health back wow. and we had to spend a bunch of money on trying to get our health back. Right. So we burnt through our savings, still had to pay, you know, our team who was there keeping things going, even though we couldn't sell and we couldn't put anything out. We couldn't respond to emails for a long time. It was a big mess. And I don't, nice. I don't see it as a failure because that's the reason why we had, an emergency fund, right? Like that's the reason that we'd kind of set up our lives these ways. But like, if you do get sick, if something happens to you and your business is reliant on you, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> you're kind of mm -hmm. screwed. And that's the risk, you know? So it's kind of a matter of scale. We're at this point in our lives and, and businesses where we wanted to maximize freedom and flexibility and the ability to be nimble. And we were like in our, in our, mid twenties when me and my wife met and we were kind of getting all these different things going. So a lot of that is just exploration and seeing what we really want to do. And now that we know what we really like to do, which I, I will always love, I believe podcasting interviews, you know, just like creating content, collaborating with people. I'll always love that. And, and so that's going to be a part of the business. And I'm like, well, how can we keep doing that, but do it on our own terms, not have to like bow to the corporate overlords. Um, and that's right. by, being our own sponsor. So we built another business, Wild Superfoods, um, a nutrient and supplement line to be our own sponsor for, for our other content that we, we create. And that is definitely a long-term plan. We're playing long ball with that business. It's a lot. If you make great supplements, your margins are low. If you make crap supplements, your margins are huge, but you're a scam mm. and you're hurting people. And so I know yeah. <laughs> too many people who just like, that's what they do and that's how they make their money. And that's okay. Like, I guess, but, um, we're in a different business, so we can't compete with that. Once again, you know what I mean? We can't compete with people who are buying their products for one penny or $2 and charging 67 or $97 for their crap product. When we're, you know, when our margins are more like 20 or 30% before we pay any staff, before we have any help. Right. Mm. And, and so that's really challenging to get that off the ground 
and not lose your pants, not lose your cash flow. And and for us, it's like we got hammered last summer, lost a good 150 grand. It was 100 plus, maybe 150 grand negative that happened due to that, not even counting the lost sales that we would have had, like the lost profits from that time. So wow. that was rough. Like losing money, it doesn't matter how much you lose. It, it hurts like yeah. every time, you know? So that really hurt. And that was kind of even more than our, um, it was like part of our, all of our emergency fund, part of our savings, almost all of it. And, but now we have a business and the world is shut down. <laughs> it's like the shutdowns I, happen and the lockdowns and all of that stuff started happening and all of people's money drying up and their jobs drying up happened right when we needed to make our money back. So oh, I don't know that it's, yeah. those, those aren't really necessarily failures because it was out of our control. And, and even if we'd wanted to hire people to, to keep it going, they wouldn't have done good enough, a good enough job to make enough money for that to be cash flow mm. positive. Just wouldn't work. So yeah, that's a big risk. But at the same time, it's like, we're going to be okay. I think we're, we just had our best month of sales ever. Um, you know, even though we couldn't send to our newsletter for four plus months, we got that going again. And you know, there are a hundred thousand people there who are reading our stuff and ready to go. And, and so even when things get really hard, the shadow banning and censorship also hit at the same time. And, mm -hmm. um, so it's like, if you, if you take all these things personally, it's going to be way too hard to deal with. But if you just yeah. roll with it and kind of like go with the flow and try to focus on the opportunities, be grateful for what you have. Like I, I can look at it a couple of ways. Like we lost a bunch of money mm -hmm. or we're still alive, right? Like right. <laughs> glass half full. don't forget that part, you know, like yeah. we're still alive. We still live in a place we can afford to put food on the table, at least for now. And we know just how to navigate out of, you know, cash flow negative tough situations we turn down our expenses we any any employees and team members who aren't pulling their weight and really adding value we have to let them go and that happens yeah. is a part of your business from time to time you'll have to go through that too and then you know we just work hard and the trick is especially with entrepreneurship you, you think that when you're doing the work that day you're going to get paid that day for the work <laughs> but yeah. what actually happens is like one, three, six, 12 months later, you get paid for all the work you did, you know, six months before, 12 months before. So that works in the opposite, the inverse as well, where it's mm -hmm. like, if you're working really hard, you're going to get paid three months from now. But if you're like not working really hard from now, or you're not really working that hard right now and, and you're getting paid, then three mm -hmm. months from now, that's going to catch up with you and you're not going to get paid anymore. So that's kind of like a weird thing that you have to adjust to because you, you want to think that, Oh, I'm kicking back and things are working great now because of what I'm doing now. But it's like, no, I'm getting paid because I worked my butt off here and now I'm mm. kicking back. That's not, the, that's not the thing that's working. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see. Okay. So Abel, if you could go back in time and mentor yourself, like mentor your early 20 self. Um, what's, what's like a few things you would tell them? Keep going. Mm -hmm. Be persistent and do it yourself. But I would also say collaborate, you know, like collaborate. do the work yourself, but 
but really look for those collaborations with people, with, with team members. I couldn't, I definitely wouldn't be here without my wife, Allison, um, mm-hmm. you know, which has been uh, my relationship, but also just like so necessary as a partnership because she focuses more on the day-to-day type things. And I focus on the big picture, just like I'm, I'm spending two days straight here doing, I think, 12 of these interviews. Some of them are more than two hours, you know, and I'm just doing 12 wow. in a row. So like that means I can't do any other work during that time, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the weird part is I'm working so hard that I can't work. Because <laughs> wow. when you wear that many hats, it's like, good luck looking at your inbox after two days of mm-hmm. doing something else, right? Like, good luck catching up on all the other things that you need to keep going. Um, so you need to, you need to really get ahead of your calendar. I was pretty good at it before. Um, the biggest mistakes were when I didn't really plan out my calendar, and when I, um, when I just wasn't super focused on cash flow and financials as well. If, if you don't look at it for a while, it's probably going to get bad, you know, mm-hmm. is what I realized. If you look at it, you can, you can just like make little adjustments. But if you don't look at your cash flow as a business and you have employees and you have costs and you're, you're buying product or inventory or whatever, man, you, you're in, in, a, in jeopardy of just losing everything. Because you can, I mean, I've lost 60 grand in a month like it was nothing multiple times. Over 100 grand we spent in a month. And uh, that sounds like a hard thing to do. But that's a really easy thing to do when you have a business. That's the weird part. You know, like, so be really careful. Even if you do take on money and you do take on investors. Having a bigger place, having a fancy place, having a bunch of employees with great resumes doesn't matter. That's a liability. All those things are a giant liability if you're not just super focused and working everyone in an efficient team. So Mm. yeah, you can never really take your eye off the ball. I would encourage people to take their eye off the ball a little bit just to see what happens so you learn. But um, mm. don't let it go too long because you'll, you'll be in trouble. So I'm really thankful for For a while, like we moved and that was part of the problem where our bookkeeper, our accountant was awesome, mm. gave us a profit and loss every month. And then yeah. we moved states and we, we set up a new company and, and changed employees and whatever. We switched bookkeeping guys and he didn't do that. Um, he gave me like another form that wasn't nearly as useful. And that's how I lost like connection oh. with the whole cash flow thing. And so, I mean, that's really easy for that stuff to happen. Just, Mm -hmm. just make sure that that doesn't happen because cash flow is the lifeblood of your business. Mm, I see. So yeah, it makes sense. Abel, you mentioned a good amount of skills here throughout this call. So uh, leadership, Mm -hmm. collaboration, um, understanding cash flow, right. Um, For a young entrepreneur, right. Um, What would you recommend for them? Um, do they have to learn all these skills all at once or like, are there some key skills that you think that they need to learn? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like more of a macro skill of being able to create a business online, mm-hmm. create a storefront that's online. So that sounds kind of easy, but no matter what platform you're using to do that, um, yeah. you're going to have to learn that platform. You're going to have to start with that platform, whatever it is. Most people already use social media. You know, most people are already familiar with, as a, as a consumer anyway, how apps work and how social media platforms work and things like that. 
But if you can learn how to build them, even in, in a small way, if you can start an online community, if you can start an online platform, even just with mm -hmm. your friends or for fun, do it. Learn how to do these things, like get the dirt underneath your fingernails from a technological standpoint. Look at the skills that are going to be most useful for other people mm. moving forward. And it's really, it's not consuming things online, it's creating yeah. things. It's, mm. it's creating things of value even more than that, right? So the tricky part is you have to be bad for a while before you're good, before you have enough experience to be good. And, and so if there's a way for you not to be like just out there being judged by everyone doing things kind of badly as you get, get used to doing them, whether it's interviews or whether it's like programming a website, like you don't want to be trying to get out there and maximize your reach at the same time that you have a bunch of bugs because you didn't totally figure out your platform or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. try to do it in the right order. Um, but if you do, then, then it'll work out. And there are always going to be problems. There are always going to be things to fix that go wrong. And keep in mind that this is, when you're building a business, it's all about iteration. It's not ever about perfection, ever. And I'm you know, a recovering perfectionist, so you have to <laughs> be willing to put things out there that are imperfect, that are mistakes sometimes. You know, it's important yep. to make mistakes and then take responsibility for them. You know, like you can say anything you want online, but you have to take responsibility for it. And that is true for everything you ever do in your business. But yeah, definitely work. If you're young, work hard, work tirelessly to develop that, that stack of skills that's going to be useful for yourself and other businesses later. Try to think of the thing that like, if money ever got tight, what could I do for another business, like a small business? What could I do for them that would bring enough value for me to be able to cover my rent or for me to be able to cover my business costs by taking on this, this other client? And I've done that sometimes over the years too. In fact, I, I am going to be doing some virtual reality voiceover work um, wow. for pay just as a project. But that's more, more that's fun. But like money comes yeah. in doing these things sometimes mm -hmm. too on the side. And it's that side hustle that's kept my business afloat sometimes. Like we've taken on clients where we help other people launch their app or launch their book, or um, we've built websites for them at the beginning when we were first getting going. We built ours, but we built other people's too. And so if mm -hmm. you can hire yourself out in a professional way and you're really reliable and great with people and you work on relationships, then no matter how hairy things get, you're going to be able to work it out, you know? Because like, even if we yeah. went cash flow negative for a while, like at this point in my business, I know enough multimillionaires that like have businesses where I could be useful to them, where you can mm -hmm. kind of take hide social, side hustle jobs and work as a freelancer or whatever, or do collaborative partnerships as, as small businesses and joint ventures. And it's really through all of those over the years that I've made some great friends, awesome relationships. And, and had a lot of success too with, with number one food apps, um, number six in the whole apps, Apple app store for That's one amazing. of our apps there for a while. Um, yeah. Number one podcasts, different video series and, and documentaries and stuff over the years. And then just multiple other businesses, so many other businesses that the people have helped us, we've helped them. And that becomes really rewarding. So I would say I'd add on to that, build your, your stack of skills but also look to the people around you who are young entrepreneurs who are kind of in your class, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. who are coming up, building their thing at the same time 
that you are. And there are a lot of people who are like that, you know, in my area who, who, you know, at the beginning we met at a conference with 75 people and nobody was big. And now, you know, like a ton of us are big, but our relationships were cemented when none of us were. And mm. that really matters later. Build your relationships now, you know? Mm. That's great advice. Yeah. Do you have any uh, sort of parting ideas for the audience? Just keep going. It's, it's hard and it's always going yeah. to be hard. But, you know, like, like I've said many times before, if this were super easy, it'd be a dumb video game. It would be really boring. Mm. And, and at least this is interesting. It's really frustrating. I get super down sometimes um, due to the things that are within our control and the things that are outside of our control. So just keep going. You know, there's plenty of time. I hated hearing that, you know, <laughs> when I was younger, especially <laughs> there's plenty of time, you know, it's going to work out. Just keep going, be persistent. But if you're willing to do that, you know, like it wouldn't be useful if I made your money for you, right? Like if someone made money for me, that wouldn't be useful at all. No one would learn yeah. anything. But if you mm -hmm. kind of tell someone to, to be persistent, to keep going, um, no matter what happens, then that's a life lesson you can just apply forever. <laughs> you mm -hmm. really can. That's the thing that you have to take on. And that's the thing that allows you to get that crazy cool bio or to do all these awesome adventures and build these big businesses. It's because you're willing to keep going, but not just working hard, working smart. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, have yeah. to, you have to plan on your work do the right thing instead of just like busy work. That, that's another big thing too. If you didn't have time to take notes for this episode, get your full text summary, notes, and links along with all of the top tips from this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com slash podcast.